0: relive your favorite era of wrestling with new gen on a mission wrestling war zone extreme
1: three way dance or the ruthlessly aggressive podcast
0: keep in touch with the modern era with gc dub clotheslines and headlines you know what that means and viewers choice or sit down and nerd out with no
1: holds barred wwe war or the wrestler that was it's summertime and the living is easy because you've got the North South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com. Welcome to Talkin' Docs, the monthly show where we dive into the world of documentaries and review them for your listening pleasure. Why documentaries, you may ask? Well, documentaries have the power to inform, educate, and entertain us in ways that few other mediums can. They allow us to delve deep into a subject, explore different perspectives, and challenge our assumptions. But with so many documentaries out there, it can be overwhelming to decide what to watch. That's where we come in. On and Docs, we'll cover a wide range of topics, from politics and social issues to art, science, and nature. So whether you're a seasoned documentary buff or just dipping your toe into the genre, Talkin' Docs is the perfect place to discover new films, expand your horizons, and join the conversation about the world around us.
2: Hi, welcome to Talkin' Docs. My name is Jennifer Smith. I am your host, along with these two fine gentlemen. Their names are Cowboy Roger and Logan Croslin. How are y'all?
1: Doing doing great, Jenny. Good. How are you
2: doing? I'm good. I'm excited to uh, finish up our sort of deep dive into cults with this episode. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm doing great as well. I love that uh, Cowboy is seemingly Roger's first name, and Roger is his last name, uh, yes. according to that intro. So mm-hmm. I love I love that so much. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing great, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys tonight. Yeah, I'm happy to, to add some joy to your life there. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Logan! Logan!
2: <laughs> so we are on episode five now. And um, we're going to wrap up this uh, season one with a Netflix documentary. It is called Waco American Apocalypse. Um, it's uh, basically tells you the, the story of the siege that happened in 1993, um, which in, I think is still the largest gunfight uh, <laughs> since like the Civil War. Uh, mm-hmm like Wikipedia tells me. Um, A 51 day standoff uh, between this cult, um, the Branch Davidians, and the FBI along with the ATF um, which killed 86 people and uh, destroyed the compound itself. Um, This was a fascinating documentary for me. Um, I watched it on a plane on the way to Boston, so that was weird, but (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why i picked that but i tell you what i didn't feel any of the plane ride because i was very immersed in this one um it's very it's a visceral kind of dock um and it had some of the most disturbing footage i think i've seen thus far on on this here podcast <laughs> what do you think logan
0: yeah, it was very in-depth. Uh, they admit that a lot of this is never before seen. A lot of the interviews, a lot of the, you know, uh, negotiation calls uh, kind of mm-hmm. between the uh, negotiator and uh, Mr. Koresh, the uh, is our uh, leader of this cult. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was really intense. Um, I like that they showed uh, a lot of the uh, actual shootout uh, that happened between the ATF and the Branch Davidians. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that people died. Within it, but I thought that was really cool to see that footage, and I had to see it kind of play out, and how how it played out, and how the reporter was kind of just chilling in the car while it was all going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was definitely an interesting way of uh, going about it. But what about you, Roger?
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember it's a. A little older than Logan. Um, I, 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 was I, remember, bo- I was not, I was not born we all? This happened, by the <laughs> way,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> almost, but not quite.
1: <laughs> I, I remember watching this, um, mm. live on, on TV when, when it happened, and like it, like how much it captivated mm-hmm. and monopolized the um airtime at the time. But it was pretty surreal, um, mm. to see you know, to just see a, a shootout with, with the federal government and, and a group, you know, a um, religious sect like this. Um, then what was interesting about this documentary and just about kind of the whole, you know, the whole Waco experience, right, is that, you know, they, 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 there's a little bit of blame, I think, here to kind of go around mm-hmm. versus everything else we've watched. It's been it's been, you know, you have the cult over here, right, and they're way off the reservation. Whether they're a big cult or a small cult, in general, the cult is kind of a hundred percent at fault for for everything. And in this in this case, um, what I walked away from with the with this doc and just is that I don't think these people didn't all have to die, and it makes it no. it makes it. And I I don't know that the, it doesn't feel like it was a have been skated situation where they wanted to die. Like I mm-hmm. mean, it's that like it, it's it's a real it's a real tragedy, and there were you know multiple multiple mistakes made that kind mm-hmm. of led to this to this terrible outcome.
2: Part of what they do, um, along with some of the footage that's never been seen before, is they do these elaborate sort of computer um, animations of the mm-hmm. compounds and uh, sort of lay out where everything is so you get a perspective of the size of the place and the positions of everybody um and there's really it's kind of like a three-pronged story because you get you get stories from the survivors um that lived through the siege you get stories from the atf officers and then from the fbi's point of view um Immediately, which I was only like 11, so I don't remember this like at all, really, Mm -hmm. Um, which is weird because it lasted so long. That's what I kept thinking when I watched this documentary. Like, would this go on for 51 days now? You know, is it would that be a thing that happened? And to me, it's just amazing the length of time that this played out for and. You get those two sides of the FBI trying to work the work with Koresh, the leader of the cult. Uh, talk to him, right? Convince him to send out people. They want to keep things because they know that they're armed. They know that they have, you know, all these weapons. People have already gotten hurt um, from the first day one, right? and then they just try to negotiate at the same time that the ATF is being very tactical and um aggressive so to me the lack of being on the same plan or maybe they thought if we don't do it this way with the negotiations then we'll just do it by force and then it didn't work that way for them. And they kept trying to make it work that way.
1: And it's very, it's a sign of the time, like, I think in a more digital age that we're in now, like he wouldn't need to go on the radio or Mm -hmm. whatever, right to Mm -hmm. get his message out there, like you would be, you would have folks, you know, essentially, the, the Davidians could Communicate with the world right. from, in, from from inside, inside. that place. Right. Um, it was just very different then, mm-hmm. where um, the only the only view that the world had was the view that the media right was providing. Um, and so the the media is there, but yeah, Jenny. It was. I mean, it it really seems like it, like like the whole like like it was not well thought out the initial raid, which I think yes. Was the, was the major, the major problem? Like even to the point where they told the mailman, "Hey, we're going yeah. to raid, we're going to raid this place. Can you help us? Can you give us directions? Essentially, mm-hmm. right?" And it just so happens
2: he was one not, of, them. Not, was one of them. not surprisingly,
1: in, in that this is not like the, this isn't like the most populated area in the
2: world, right?
1: That they're in, like you would mm-hmm. think you'd be a little more. You know, a little more discreet than that, but he tips them off, and there's a lot of you know there. There's debate about who started shooting first, but once the shooting started, I think the Davides actually had more, like more firepower. Initially, than, yeah, because they the were government. prepared, yeah. And yeah. so they fight, they they fight them off, and that's that causes the standoff. But like once once federal agents are killed right yeah. like like to your point i'm i i can't imagine that it would go on more than a day or two now right like it's it's just and i can see why it's such a tough situation mm-hmm. but like i think we're much like it feels like they would send like a tactical team in there to just one way one way or the other but just end it right and it's, I know there's women and children.
2: Right. And you got that huge 50 caliber gun that they're fucking yeah. mowing people down with. You know, real, real, real
3: challenging situation. Yeah. Um,
2: they have grenades. Like <laughs> their firepower is like game changing in this. Like that's what people didn't know what the fuck to do with. They're like, okay, trying to negotiate with the crazy people who don't want to leave. And uh,
1: this was kind of like a thing that happened back that like I remember um, there was a bank robbery in Los Angeles right in the middle of Los Angeles. It was actually what the robbery in the movie Heat was based on. Oh
2: right, right. Yeah. Where these
1: two guys had body, body armor and were were more like they they had they had better weaponry than the police. Mm-hmm. And the cops had to go The cops had to go to like a a a, um a gun shop and like buy body armor piercing rounds in order Mm -hmm. to to end it and like it seems like that doesn't at least that we've seen right doesn't happen as much anymore but like the other the other thing on this one that, that is more common in the cult right and more um more in line with what we've seen is that you know like like for the mistakes the government made Koresh is a giant asshole
2: oh yeah he's yeah. a
1: giant asshole and he's he's directly responsible for every but for for all the deaths right yeah. Yeah. like the government made some mistakes and it could have, they could have i think they could have handled it better but at the end of the day he 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 and it causes the standoff right he and sustains
2: he, it he could have come out anytime
1: yeah. and everybody they yeah. all thought he was he was the messiah mm-hmm. they would have done anything he said and he could have saved all those people's lives but he was just a, a selfish prick like like a lot of these guys are and mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I was saying all those people would have gone to prison with him, and he could have just kept spreading the message in prison and gained more followers or something to that effect if he had, <laughs> had just come out and had gotten all of them to come out. But maybe that uh, wasn't in his plan, at least. So, But yeah, I mean, they definitely could have been handled better from the government's perspective and from Koresh's perspective. But um, yeah, it just, just went haywire, and uh, a lot of people unnecessarily died, a lot of kids unnecessarily died, so you just hate to see all that. Um, But they, they uh, most of the adults at least died, believe for what they believed in. At least I don't think the kids really had to say much in it, so um, which is shitty. But yeah, it, just a rough thing all around. I think the government definitely, like I said, could have handled it in a different way. Could have gone about it a different way. But um, what happened happened. So you know,
2: <laughs> do, you, do you believe that they could have, like, if if the ATF hadn't have been as aggressive? Um, could he have, could the FBI have negotiated him through it?
1: The, I mean, I they think did the, get
2: some people out.
1: The documentary, I think certainly wants you to feel that way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like the, the couple of the things that struck me were whatever that I think it was March, March 22nd or whatever the day was when they were getting people out. And people were coming out. they got seven people out and then they ran over his um, his, his his classic corvette or whatever <laughs> it was with a fucking tank yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and, and and then they have the they, they cut in they cut it's it's interesting because they have all the audio of them talking it is and you get mm-hmm. to hear all the conversations yeah. and you hear the conversations with the it's like you know like like what do you doing, <laughs> basically right mm-hmm. and then. The other one so like like that was that was one thing. Um, but I think they the one thing that, that really made me think is the, the and I I, I didn't really watched it today can't remember her name, but the woman who left, who was still obviously like a true believer
3: yes. who
2: left
1: to be with her daughter. Yes. To on camera yes. put her in cuffs and charge her when you know that they're, like, the other Davidians are watching inside.
2: Like, it, I mean, that, that,
1: I, I don't see how that doesn't make it tougher Yes, for them to come out, right? Like, yeah. wouldn't it be a smarter tactic, even if you're going to charge them, mm-hmm. to wait, like, just wait until they're out of there and then just charge everybody? It's not like she was going to flee the country or anything, yeah. you know? Or just so. make it that less that one, music. yeah, mm-hmm. that one really struck me. I don't know if Koresh would have ever come out because he had that one big opportunity. Like he said, he was going to multiple times, and did the big one was when they, you know, I'm going to finish, it but not a manifesto, but his mm-hmm. his you know his gospel for mm-hmm. around around um, the Book of Revelation that he wanted broadcast to the to the world. They broadcast it, and then he still doesn't come out. Oh God. To come out, so I don't know if he was ever.
2: Coming and he out. was already injured, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, he, he got shot. shot. Mm-hmm. But unlike some of these other some of the other cult leaders, he did show a willingness to let the people out, right? And, he did. He did. And like, could could they have gotten more people out if the government if if they would have handled things a little differently? With all that said, I see the other side of the coin where they killed four of our people right and you know we just have to we just have to put an end to this Mm -hmm. f -F them right Mm -hmm. whatever happens happens so it's it's it's
2: but after 51 days like mm -hmm. like that's just um
0: yeah but i mean if you see the one person get arrested like i I wouldn't want to come out if i was in that thing like of course i don't want to come out and go to jail um i mean if everybody else went out i guess cool but i mean you're still going to prison i I wouldn't want to do that at all for sure um but yeah i mean but if you're gonna be pissed about if you're the fbi the atf whatever organization you want to talk about i feel like if you're that pissed about it just like i mean you know i know you don't want to kill a bunch of innocent civilians or what like that but if if you're that pissed about it just Freaking, take a jet by there and blow it up or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. But yeah, I, I know. But if you're, I if, mean, yeah, essentially, that's what it. happens.
2: Yeah. yeah I was just, but like,
1: I mean, I think the way the way what they could have done, and I don't know if this is better or worse, is mm-hmm. not really negotiated and basically giving them an ultimatum that said, so like, and, give
2: them one chance and then just yeah, yeah well, in, can... in, in,
1: in forty-eight hours, we're coming in. And mm. you're all, essentially you're gonna you're you're gonna die, and you're gonna you're gonna probably let a lot of your kids die. Come out now. Well,
2: and on the other side, a lot of the ATF guys would have died, right? Like all all of the shit that they had in that compound, um, and that's right. what was stopping them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what another... I found? God, I'm sorry. No, go ahead.
1: Just say what I found. Really, really. I think the best the best scene in the whole documentary was, you know, especially I I would assume it's true, if if it's true, is that sniper who had Mm -hmm. who had Koresh in his sights and actually talks about I'll go to jail for the rest of my life. Yep, and I, I, I almost did it anyway. Like that's such Mm -hmm. a moral, a moral dilemma, right? Like. It's almost like he knew what was coming and he could have he could have stopped it, but to his point, that's murder, right? It's yeah. a it's a, it's a real it's a real tough one. Horrible. I do think I do think, I lot do lot think lot today to <laughs> that is one thing where I do think today that during that negotiation that they would probably have kind of if you see this guy, shoot him and kill him. <laughs> right and end and this thing like they can they, they do that right where they'll negotiate but if you get a clean shot and you can end it right then you end it
2: and another aspect of all this um would be the media because oh my god uh mm. <laughs> they did not leave for the whole time and that one guy was right in it from the beginning, um, yep. stuck in this car, getting shot at, but getting <laughs> the most amazing footage. Um, yeah. But and this just is just basically like camped out there for two months.
1: Again, just it's it's like very similar to OJ, right? Mm-hmm. The OJ trial lasted whatever it did, six months. And it was just round the clock media coverage. And there were only back then right there's only five or six news networks that mm-hmm. that, they matter they're all buying with each other for coverage it was just a totally different totally different landscape but like you can see the media like to your point jenny they're like in it like like oh yeah like they like like the police asked them to help <laughs> during the siege get all the ambulances here right
0: hmm yeah, they were, they were definitely way involved, and uh, uh, that one guy, bless him, uh, was just right in the fire, seemed, seemed to be right around and within the firefight at the very beginning, so um, but bless that guy, and uh, I'm glad he ended up living this, uh, tell the tale about it. Um, he, I, I know he said it horrifies him to the day, just all the stuff that happened and how it, how it mm-hmm. all ended up, but um, yeah, good good for him to live through that and be able to tell the tale, but yeah. Um, Yeah, the media, I mean, I think the media probably, without without how in-depth and how much they covered it and stuff like that, probably ended up kind of messing up the way that maybe the FBI and the ATF and all the government organizations were kind of negotiating because everything was on TV. If they heard anything about it, they were reporting it, so, Mm -hmm. you know. And I, I assume the Branch Davidians had a TV somewhere in there and they were watching all of this and hearing all about it through the media. So whether it was true or rumor or report or whatever it was, um, you know, they probably played against each other, which is another another big mishap uh, throughout the whole thing. So um, but, yeah, the, the media and the, and the uh, government and the, all the cops and stuff like that probably played a little bit more against each other than they I- intended to. Agreed. And, yeah, that's
2: a good point.
1: And like, if we talk more about the cult itself,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? We we did it's pretty, pretty standard with the with what Koresh did, and it's still something I I, I really struggle with um, being that much of a true believer that I would give the cult person, my wife and daughter to make his wives Uh like that. Uh Um, and then to hear the the current, um, I forget, I forget her name, the woman who is still very much believes in correct, Uh just, just matter of factly justify it and say in our belief system, a girl was a woman at 12 or, or, or whatever. So, so these were, these were, these were not, there's nothing wrong with it. And everybody waited, waited waited until the end of bible study to hope david would pick them right it's just i
0: it's just awful
2: like i just uh, that story was chilling for real yeah that was
0: a, that was like a just like the I, I don't even know how to describe it just like the but, biggest cry for help like yes please pick me so yeah but it also
1: like hearing her talk about it i thought it was interesting right cuz we didn't in any of the other documentaries we've watched, we never got that perspective, and you see just how matter-of-factly she justified it, and like that was just how they thought about it. Like it was as normal as, you know, us going out to get the mail, <laughs> right? Just oh yeah. yeah, this this is just this is just how it is, and it's um
0: it's crazy crazy to me. Kathy Schroeder is her name. There you go. That's right. But yeah, she's she's a Looney Tune. Um, After I heard the, (laughs) after I heard that uh, thing about she becomes a woman at twelve or anything like that, I was like, well, you just lost all credibility with me with whatever else you are saying. That's just absolutely insane. Just that, yeah, the guys giving up their wives to be his wives and for him to have sex with them and all that kind of stuff. That's just that's that's a step further than i i I think i definitely could ever go with any something like this i could believe in somebody but not 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 ever to that uh level
1: yeah and like it's it's interesting right that
0: like this is a christian group Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it
1: is a christian group and there's really like there's nothing like there's really nothing like that i'm aware of around christ in the bible that that says christ gets all of the women and girls in his bedroom right and but we no. see this with multiple cults
3: mm-hmm. that
1: that they that the leader can somehow twist things to make this a part of it like like mm-hmm. it's just it's 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 it's, it's awful it's no just- not it-
0: yeah, the the Bible pounds monogamy. Monogamy, you have one wife. That's who you. That's who you're with. I mean, uh, people in the Bible had multiple wives in some stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it pounds it throughout the whole thing that like, you need you have one wife. That's who you're supposed to be with, and all that good stuff. So yeah, it really doesn't make sense if you really think about it that all yeah. of these kind of cult leaders have that uh, ideology of of themselves. And in
1: this one specifically, like he. He believed, or said he was, the second coming of Christ, right? right. And, he, and Christ specifically in the Bible, I think it's it never has a wife, mm-hmm. or never, never has right. any, like a you know, say a no. girlfriend. That was, but you, well, know, you know, thirty years think? are
2: missing of his thirty. Life. Thirty years are missing,
1: but they don't talk about Christ they, having no. kids or anything mm-hmm. like that. And yes. For it, for him to be able to, yes, I'm the Messiah. And it's really important as the Messiah that I take each and every woman here to my bedroom and none of the other guys do anymore. Like, it's just, like, it doesn't... It's just, it's crazy to be how how persuasive people can, like, that these cult leaders can be.
2: And, And I don't even think he had the power of, like, a Jim Jones, really, or, like... You know, he just seemed like a...
0: He was just a sort dude. of a weak-sauce <laughs> version. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah. this is the cult leader? Like, I, I don't know what that means, but it, it just seems unlikely.
0: Yeah, so he definitely doesn't have the, like, overwhelming charisma that Jim Jones had, for sure. So, yeah.
3: Well, he was a member
0: of the... the and I might
1: butcher this a little bit, but there was a group that lived at Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. prior to the branch davidians mm-hmm. and he befriended their leader who was a woman an older woman and he was like a member of that of that group and then essentially like it Took was it like out. a like a coup mm-hmm. almost where they split off and his 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 group ended out at that mark Carmel. um so he was kind of already embedded in the group, right. And so division, how, however, however you want to say that it's, um, <laughs> but like the other thing about this is that I think you can draw like a real direct line from this, from Ruby Ridge, right mm. to Waco mm. to Oklahoma city with, with sure. Tim McVeigh and, and just this rise of of militia mentality in the country, right? Um, so you have those things happen, and then the rise of the internet, obviously, is a is a is a game changer. But this is a real like seminal moment for those for those fringe groups where all that media coverage that we're uh-huh. talking about, you know, puts this front and center, and then they show up like in the in the documentary. It's really chilling. We were talking about this before, right? That they have Tim McVeigh as like, a, like selling like swastika stuff off the hood of his car. That that this became like a like a destination spot during the siege for these, you know, for these fringe groups, and ended out really like galvanizing them.
2: Yeah, I mean, why would this be your inspiration for anything? Like, they all fucking died. You know, it was a horrible. It was horrible, but (laughs) that's all they want to see is is more of this, you know. It's um, so anarchy, basically.
1: I'll say I don't I don't agree with the ideology, right? But what Mm -hmm. I think, where 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 what they're this and Ruby Ridge is, they died because these are anti government groups, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. they died because the government came to, you know, shit on their rights and take Mm -hmm. their guns. And the gov. This isn't. This wasn't the group committing suicide. In their mind, the government murdered
2: murdered them. Mur- yes. Murdered
1: these people. And the government's going to do that to everybody if we don't stand up to them. is essentially. I think how these how these groups think. Um. I don't. I completely, wholeheartedly disagree with that. just to Say, yes. it, <laughs> say it for <laughs> the record. But like,
2: Chris K- was just a pedophile. I mean, I, I mean, basically happened. yes. Yeah. Well, the God right. complex,
0: yeah, right. and the and the Thibodeau guy that escapes the fire, which I think he was one of a couple that actually escaped the fire when the fire was going on. Uh, he definitely thinks that it's the government's fault. He he was uh very very uh gung ho about the idea that like it wasn't them that started anything that day and that they. Uh, had some re or they they led to somehow the fire being started and that's why the the building burned down because he said I mean whether it's true or not he said he never saw anybody light a fire set a fire do anything to where it something would have caught on fire so yeah he definitely believed um, that it was the government's fault so yeah um but it was just sad seeing his mom uh, talking about the whole time uh, mm-hmm. just wanted just wanting to get him out uh, just wanted to see her her son you know she just wanted to make sure he was safe but uh, i guess i'm glad he got out and got to reunite with her but um yeah that that was a sad part of it for sure so i don't know got
2: out. so
1: yeah it was
2: not a lot yeah
1: got out and th- this i mean like, there, there has been some kind of back and forth and t- differing points of views on how the fire started. Um, I thought the documentary was pretty compelling with the footage they showed of the mm-hmm. of the fire starting I, at the same time in three different parts of the building. And mm-hmm. with the audio of them talking about the fuel and the hay, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was pretty compelling that the Davidians started the fire. hmm um but I would it's, agree
0: it's, oh yeah I agree I'm just saying that one guy <laughs> acted like he thought it was somebody else so yeah no he did he did
1: but so he was and he was in there so like it's like the the question I have is, was it was it suicide right did they did they start that fire so that they would burn in that fire and then that guy just decided against it because like i mean Hmm. burning to death is about about as brutal a way as there is yeah
2: i think i'd rather the the cops kill me uh suicide by cop um (laughs) or
1: was it was it a situation where they huddled the defenseless people the kids and the women kind of like a jonestown into that bunker where they couldn't get out Mm -hmm. and then and then the more the the leaders, right, said we're set, you know, we're torching the place and you know, they the the ATF agents said they were getting shot at while the place was burning to the ground. Burning,
2: right, yeah. So
1: and it's basically we'll take as many of these as we can with us kind of deal. But we're not gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna make sure that a lot of people don't get out
0: yeah the the huge the huge super you know the 50 caliber uh rifle or whatever he mm-hmm. the guy that was, had the shot on uh koresh that at that one point um said he heard a round like whiz right by his head like within uh six feet or something like that of his head or something something to that effect um uh so yeah they were firing the powerful guns too not just like the you know the random machine guns or whatever so Um, but yeah, just crazy, crazy stuff all around.
1: Yeah. And in general, like if if the government had it to do over again, they would have certainly done things differently. And I think it was Uh like, the biggest thing was just what they did initially. Right. That's what set the whole thing off. Yeah. Like if you don't have the element of surprise, like they knew, they knew that the Branch Davidians knew they were coming. And that's what the documentary said, uh-huh. and they decided to go anyway, <laughs> and um, and then like the government shooting it out with this with this group is like essentially porn for all these other fringe groups, the militias that we're talking about, right? And uh-huh. it ends out, it ends out, you know, you know, cascading into some into, into the heart into something awful. Like I think. If they had it to do over, you know, it's not like Koresh never left that compound, mm-hmm. right? Like they would have just, and I think Koresh even said this <laughs> during, during conversations with them, you could have picked me up anytime. And I think they would have done that. I think they would have picked him up individually when he wasn't at the compound. Um, that would, and that would have been the right way to go
0: about this. Mm-hmm, absolutely.
2: Yeah, um yeah, and don't talk to a random fucking mailman.
0: <laughs> and tell him
2: the fucking plans. That was so fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, kids. If you learn nothing from this pod, don't talk to the random fucking mailman. Uh, yeah. If you're about to go shoot somebody
2: up. <laughs> and to be fair, I
0: mean there really hasn't nah, been.
1: Yeah. I mean, since this incident, I I mean there there hasn't been anything that um that I can remember at least that was that was similar and like too similar
2: Mm mm-hmm yeah especially not for that length of time no and I mean I think
1: today they would probably just let the Branch Davidians have all those guns you think so (laughs) probably
2: (laughs) I mean Texas I I mean it might
1: be like I don't know what's legal in what Texas yeah <laughs> so I don't know if that's I mean it, it, philosophically I don't know if that's better or worse but it would have had it, it certainly would have been a better result for, in this specific situation
0: yeah no definitely in Texas they would have a I won't say they would have a following but they'd have the support of a lot of people like
2: oh yeah have as many
0: guns as you want just don't
2: you know well does, just don't does not necessarily the...
0: kill people I guess so
2: does all the child abuse, like, because um, I feel like Texans are, you know, pretty well, yeah. outspoken against child abuse as well. as like, which is more important in this scenario? You know, are you going to go get their guns? or Are you going to go try to arrest them because they abuse children? Yeah, and I think that didn't
1: come out until, like, they didn't know that going in.
0: They were there. Just well, they knew that there. he
2: was up there fucking everybody's wives, didn't they?
0: Didn't and having they children should. with everybody. I, I think they kind of learned that throughout. The yeah, time. I didn't think they knew
1: about, specifically about the underage um, girls, which is where the... When they
0: were shooting, yeah. Like, when the first yeah. shootout happened. Don't,
2: don't tell know. me them people in that town did not know. You know <laughs> what I'm saying?
0: I don't know. A yeah,
2: little Texas but, town. Everybody knows everybody's business. But they do. I think. People. My God. But I, th-
1: I do think, like, that, that that's a line that can't be crossed. And I think, like, you know, you even saw that with, um, this is not a documentary we did, but I watched it. Uh, Prophets Pray about about war. Prophets Pray, one one of the Warren Jeffs documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, once they found out that there were underage wives, that was that. He was he was he was going down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like because that there's a line there between consenting adults, and yeah, you can't have more than one wife, right? But consenting adults is one thing but
0: kids obviously is just a whole, it's a whole different thing yeah and that would be a big no-go in texas kind of like you said they they, they anywhere, they're, they're, anywhere. They're, yeah, well yeah anywhere but like especially in the south you ain't nobody fucking with your kids like right you know, that, that 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 would that they might bring their own guns and bring bring a fight to you uh uh some of those crazy uh, some of us crazy southerners but, yeah about i some. think this
1: is another scenario where these folks were pretty secluded yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in mount carmel and you know yeah, the internet. To, just weren't, wasn't. weren't talking to a whole lot of the outside world and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, some that hive mentality that we've talked about before where they really only interacted much with themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is why Koresh was probably this like idol and somebody that everybody wanted to be with and hope they got picked in the meetings or whatever. Um but yeah. Yeah, that brand that uh, that hive mentality is definitely a big thing with these for sure. Yeah. And then
1: there's there's um, you know, we talked about this before too. But for the listeners, if, if you're interested in this story, there was a, a good dramatization, not the uh, not not of the Paradise Lost Jim Jones <laughs> variety There was a, there was a good uh, Paramount Plus series um and a follow-up sequel it's i think a total of 14 or 16 episodes that takes you through the whole thing that was really really well done and gives you more of a glimpse into life in the cult than this documentary does which is really really focused on from the moment the atf gets there to the moment the um
0: the home burns Yeah. yeah. And I think the second, I think at the beginning of the second episode, they kind of go into a little bit more of the cult's history, but that was the thing that kind of surprised me about this one, that this one was mostly about this, uh, the, the stand, the 51 day standoff and the whole, uh, initial raid and stuff like that. So I was kind of expecting more history and stuff, uh, to that effect. I mean, I know the basics about most of it and I don't think it's very like in depth or like, it's not crazy. I mean, they believe in the Bible. They believe, uh, in whatever Koresh was kind of, uh, given to him, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it kind of surprised me that it was more about just the raid and the standoff and all that kind of stuff.
2: I think that was what was interesting to me about it was, mm-hmm. um, most of the docs that we've seen have been, um, very much from inside, you know, which is what you want, but then this gets so blown up and there are so many angles and, it's the absolute worst outcome for a cult, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even Jonestown, like with the amount of people and, and all that, like that was over quick, fast. I mean, they killed all those people very quickly in Jonestown and this was just so prolonged and yeah. devastating
0: mm-hmm.
2: and public.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Um I don't know. Uh it it sat with me for a while like this is it just brings up a lot of debate, I think. Um yeah. More than some of the other cults that we've talked about. Um And and why but, did they feel the need for all the guns? You know? Why why were they so armed?
1: it was an anti-government thing
2: Yeah, but
1: like yeah. they were they they were on specific ironically really specifically specific? for what happened yeah specifically for what happened right there was uh-huh. like it seemed like part of his part of his um message was it's us you know it's us against against the world and us against the government here and they're going to try to take us down
0: that, in a lot of ways,
1: is similar to Jonestown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in the book of Revelations, there's a lot about war and the apocalypse and stuff like that. Like, he knew a fight was coming. Uh, he didn't know how or what or what was going to come after him. But he wanted them to be ready, wanted them to be trained, wanted them to have the right kind of stuff to be able to defend themselves. Uh, now, did they need the a type of power they probably had? Uh, probably not. But, um, and I mean, you know, it, it's just a guy who has a loose screw in his head and just, he has this power complex, Messiah complex, even you could say, um, and mm. it just went, went too far.
2: Wow. Well, um, <laughs> it definitely, um, was something and, uh, the hell of a way to close out our first season. I would say. <laughs>
1: It's, I mean, but I, I do think like this has been real thought provoking, and I think no, we yeah. we looked at a number of different different cults, like yeah. different types of cults. Whether it was Larry with the cult of three, all the way through Jonestown with a thousand people, right? Like it was. Um, I think we saw some stuff that was kind of thematic throughout, but then there like when you look at the individual groups and the individual leaders, there are a lot of differences. So at least for me it was very uh very thought-provoking and i thought
3: mm-hmm.
1: um you know it's something i've never totally dove into while talking to other people <laughs> so yeah, uh, it was great getting a great getting getting your thoughts on everything
0: yeah they were all very thought-provoking for sure i definitely agree with that i think this one definitely uh takes the cake with with that too because you got to think about uh how well oh, how much better a way that it could have been better handled mm-hmm. uh you know just I, I from all ends uh koresh probably could have been a little bit better at ne- or better with negotiating with the fbi fbi could have co- uh, negotiated with him better the media could have been a little less involved uh they probably don't start with the shootout they probably try to negotiate with them at first kind of be like hey we, we need y'all to uh come on out and uh, get back with the rest of the world and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, this one definitely was the most thought provoking, I think, but, um, but yeah, the whole, whole journey through the, all, all the cults has been uh, definitely an interesting, uh, definitely interesting. And uh, I'm glad we took it for sure.
2: All right. And thanks so much to everybody who's listened um, thus far uh, for us to, to us talking about these terrible things. Um <laughs> Uh, we hope you've been just as depressed and horrified as we, as we have been, um, but we'll try to turn it around in season two, which will be coming soon next month. Uh, we still have not decided what we're going to do, but
0: butterfly and rainbows is what we're going. On. Yes, all good, good, happy, happy things. Serial killers coming your way. Yes, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: oh man. Um. All right. So, what do you got coming up? Uh, for podcast, Logan?
0: Um, I actually have a new pod here on the North-South Connection. It's called Linking Up Luchas. It's looking back at Lucha Underground. Uh, I know it sounds like a dating show. We might uh, play into that a little (laughs) bit uh, with some of the awards that we have. But um, that's what I have here on North-South Connection. Um, and then on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling feed, I have a bunch of stuff um, on there. Uh, pretty much every other podcast that's on that feed, you could probably hear me talking some, uh, some respect. But Highway to the Impact Zone is the one that I host over there, and that's going through TNA's history. So just check out North South Connection and uh, the Place to Be Nation Wrestling and Pop feed, and you'll listen to a lot of great people doing great stuff.
2: And Roger, I know we're your one and only. Until the NFL comes back, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, and we're
1: getting close. This week in the NFL should be premiering in the next couple of uh, next couple of months. And shameless plug for Cowboy Senior. We attended. Mm-hmm. We attended um, International Fight Week this weekend and went to went to the UFC in Las Vegas. Cowboy Senior. Cowboy Senior made it onto Israel Adesanya's Instagram story. Israel oh, nice. Adesanya, oh yeah. Probably the uh, the most popular guy in the UFC right now, and he gave Cowboy Senior a hug, and Cowboy Senior hugged him back, like probably harder than he's ever hugged me. So, <laughs> but uh, it's it, it, it's a uh, it's a good it's a good reminder that he does have the gift of gab, and
0: he will be joining me on this week at the NFL as well. So until until then, though, it's all docs all the time me. Yes, he's the he's the nicest guy in the world, except. <laughs> oh, I, it's all a shame. Oh, Oh, I. And,
1: I know. He, he's just the nicest guy in the
2: world. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, as for me, you can hear me right here on the Northside Connection on every Wednesday, one of my shows. And um, you can find me on Twitter. I will link everything that I do on there. It is at Jenny Position. Thanks again uh, for you guys for listening to our first season